I mean, what's pro football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PML. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Is that legal on this? I like football. I like football season. All the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Pelizzolo back here with Sam Monson. And we're just going to be fixing some teams today, Sam. Breaking down some news. We've got a great show. Great show for everybody. Yeah. Hopeless teams. Hopeless teams and teams stuck in purgatory. We did this last year. People liked it a lot. So we're doing it again. Yeah. We always like to repeat things that do well. Yeah. You know, it means people like it. Do we want to hit the Tyron Smith news or do we just decide that's going to be on the daily? Well, now that we have, you know, the, the hard out and the relatively shortened show, maybe it's a daily. All right. We'll make that a daily. Poor Tyron Smith. Broken yeah. again. I know, man. And poor Dak. Non-contact injury. Just, you know, bits falling off the mat. Not great. Not great. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Tyron Smith, his injury, potential replacements, what the Dallas Cowboys will do on the PFF NFL daily. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, though, we want to explain what you want to do here on this show and how we did it last year. Kind of going through how we would rebuild yeah the hopeless and the purgatory the hopeless teams and the teams trapped in you know purgatory which typically means the vikings but i'm not doing the vikings this are you doing the vikings no then we're not doing the vikings they are not going to be fixed in this episode that would have been like a three-hour episode we are trusting that quasi and kevin o'connell they'll do it are going to fix the vikings we're not going to we're not going to meddle we're just going to let them do it we're going to fix different teams so we'll we'll take one each of each category so I will fix a team that's hopeless, and I will fix a team that's trapped in purgatory, and we'll you talk, will do likewise. We'll talk it out. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll it we'll talk out. each one out. All right. Well, first, if you haven't heard by now, Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football this summer. We've all been there in fantasy football leagues. It's Sunday morning. You're digging through news reports, trying to figure out whether to start your stud receiver who tweaked his hamstring last week, usually Mike Evans, or you have a player on your team. Wow. What? Or Julio. Or other receivers who have hamstring issues. Mike Evans or you have strays. Mike Evans is awesome, actually. Or you have a player on your team who hasn't been getting into the end zone, like Julio. <laughs> then one week he suddenly goes off for 30 points on your bench. Not that he'd ever be benched. But with Underdog Fantasy, all the stress of who to start each week is lifted off your shoulders because it's best ball format. Draft your teams before the season starts and get the best score in your lineup each week. Right now, you can draft an Underdog's Best Ball Mania 3 tournament to take your shot at $10 million in total prizes. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit with up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PFF. If you play 10 of those dollars using promo code PFF, you get a free PFF subscription. Underdog drafts close just before NFL kickoff. So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store. Play $10 with code PFF and draft your best ball mania team today. I've been getting inundated with uh, underdog ads on Twitter with inundated. a headbanded, uh, jumping jacking Josh Norris. Yeah. Josh is all up in the ads. Yeah. I had, there was one I got on my phone a while ago. This was last year, I think, where it was like a full, full head. It was like this full screen was just Josh Norris's head telling me to do something about yeah. underdog. It, you know, Josh is, uh, Josh has evolved through the years. You know, he's former Ram scout and then, he, you know, was doing draft stuff. And then he became this fantasy guru. And then he became like uh, an actor basically you know he's part of this <laughs> he's got all these doing all these ads so yeah 
Uh, somebody in the chat wants me to go through the batting order of the UMass Lowell baseball team. I uh, don't, no, no, no. This is not that kind of Oh, podcast. this is like for charity. For every out he records, they donate. For every base runner, he allows PFF donates. So I would pitch against my alma mater here, UMass Lowell, uh, Division One baseball team, and see if I could get any of those guys out. I'm sorry, what, who pays money if, if they If I get a guy park? out, they'll donate to charity. One guy. From UMass, well, I mean, we're not going to make the college kids pay. I'm assuming the, the school. Right. So if I get a guy out, UMass Lowell donates. But if, if everyone when they gets... get a guy on, every time they get a guy on base, I donate. What if they all hit home runs? I mean, for every run, you probably, you know, add more donations I'd, I'd lose a lot of money yeah that's... it's a pitcher's park out there in lowell just saying you know, the the wind blows in off the river and it's tough to give up bombs there not that i you know i gave up a few bombs into the river but yeah you must lowell hall of famer going hall of fame here good news is jerry jones is still out here giving great takes about zeke elliott um oh we got a new one it's st- quote quote it's still a fact we go as zeke goes end quote still a fact still a fact so, you know, just, just that update for you. You know somebody's feeding Jerry, though. When you give Zeke 20 carries, Stad, right? Yeah, hey, you yeah. guys are 38-2 and two when Zeke has at least 24 carries or 20 carries or whatever. However, when you don't, you're under 500. Hmm. Keep that in mind, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Get to 20 as fast as possible. All right, we're going to fix some hopeless teams. Let's start with the hopeless teams. You do one, I'll do one, and um, just go through how we're going to do it. Is that how we're doing this? Yeah. yeah All right, yeah. you start. Who's hopeless that you want to fix? Um, I want to fix the Chicago Bears. Oh, that's a good one. Um, You're yeah. just going to rattle through your moves? I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk through this a little bit here? Yeah. Well, so the good news is I believe that once I take over, you know, which we'll say happens tomorrow for the, for the sake of argument. You Ryan Poles really short GM short, there. It's a short tenure, but—, but to his credit, he's done a good job. He's left me in a good situation. Now, not for winning games now. Very bad situation for winning games right now. But in terms of fixing for the long term, we're in good shape. Because right now, the Bears don't have a ton of talent, nor do they have a lot of spending room. Uh, you know, it's not, not the best situation in the world. But you turn to 2023, you know? Because this is what the clearinghouse operation has been about. You get to 2023, and the Bears have $100 million of salary cap space, according to our friends at Over the Cap, uh, which is almost twice as much as anybody else in the league. So all of this, you know, stripping the thing down, getting rid of all the dead weight, moving it out, and, you know, there's a couple more moves we can still make to keep going in that direction. But all of that has been about generating space and and room and the flexibility in future years. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look, it's not going to be pretty, but we're going to suck this year. Sorry to break it to you. You know? Yeah. It's going to be bad. But what's the fine line there? Because we just had an owner uh, suggest tanking, and that, that wasn't the main reason why he got suspended and fined, but that was part of it, a yeah. small part of it. Suggest and then There was suggest no it. evidence that the Dolphins were trying to tank in 2019. No. And it was just a consistent joke that he kept offering 100 grand to tank each game well let's not sit here let's be serious here we were sitting here on podcasts as was everybody in nfl media suggesting that the miami dolphins should tank that year that it would be a good strategy that they're so bad that they should tank and get the next best quarterback and we didn't know who it was going to be and it would have ended up being joe burrow so i gotta say stephen ross was right now you can't legally just go say tank <laughs> but Stephen ross was right it would have been better for the dolphins to have the first pick than the fifth pick as they did they would have had joe burrow so all i'm saying is you can't be out here 
telling the Bears we're going to be you can't be tanking here. You got to be subtle about this. I yeah, I'm not I'm just I'm laying it out for people. And you know, I assume that this right here is some sort of closed door meeting with ownership, you know, rather than like I'm not saying this in the media. I'm not going out here in my press conferences. Look, guys, yeah. we're going to stink this year. And the the worse we stink, the better it is. So embrace it right now because the next four months, nothing but losing. Nothing but L's is what we're taking here. So get used to it because every Monday morning, the press conference is going to be following another defeat, and I'm going to be happy. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I will I'll say all the normal things to the media. I'll feed them lies, right? That's good. But behind closed doors to the ownership, that's you in this situation, I'm, I'm telling you the unvarnished truth. And I'm saying, this year it's going to be bad. Okay, yeah. You're going to have to okay. suffer through a lot of losses. And frankly, the more we lose, the better. Just make sure we're not bugged. Make sure nobody catches this. But what I'm going to do is, we're going to keep Justin Fields around. Yeah. Because I think he might be talented enough to get us a couple of wins and at least pretend that we're trying to win there games. There we go. You know? There it is. Because if I ship him, I could ship him off tomorrow. Somebody will offer me a second round pick for, for Justin Fields. Maybe or a higher. third. Maybe you know. higher. Maybe. Somebody will, somebody will give me something, and that would be valuable going forward. But that would be raising the white flag, right? That would be an absolute admission that we are there's nothing to play for this year, and that would be bad. So I'm going to keep Justin Fields around, and maybe he proves to be spectacular, and we've got our quarterback of the future. But if he doesn't, he did his job this year. He put us in position to draft you know, the, the top quarterback next year. We're going to grab that guy, and then we're going to deploy our salary cap space and try and build something around him pretty quickly so that he doesn't die year one. So wait, you're going to keep Justin Fields and then draft another guy anyway? Oh, yeah. Oh, now you're, what about Justin Fields' feel, uh, feelings? Oh, he's gone at that point. Oh, you don't care? He, he did his job. You're moving on. Unless he, shows me the guy, unless he shows me something truly special this year. Then What does he have to show you? Like in PFF terms, give me a grade. Like what, what does it look like? I know it's not just the grade, but I'm just trying to paint the picture here. I, I don't know if you're going to be able to get a grade out of it, but if, you know, if he looks, I anticipate Justin Fields having enough sort of magic in his game this year to win a couple of games that the Bears shouldn't have won. If he does better than that, and actually you're looking at this and saying, wow, this team is actually not horrendous, and it really should be based off everything they've got in terms of talent, and Justin Fields is the reason – then there's a different conversation to be had. You know, if you come out of the season, like, it's one of those things of, you know, what's that line? I, it's, <laughs> you know, I don't know what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. I think that's what the, the phrase was. I think that's the line. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's like that. You know, I don't know exactly what we're dealing with with Justin Fields, but you're going to know it if you see it. If you come out of the season, you're like, that, that guy's the future. Now, again, this is like... That's Ryan. where it gets dangerous, though. That's when, that's when you start saying stuff like Sam Darnold's rookie year. Yeah. Hey, look, last four weeks, he was number two at PFF grade. But this that's is why that. I'm saying, like, rational people. Gotcha. You know, not fans looking for a reason to embrace it. You know, not, not revisionist history. I knew all along. It's like, yeah, but you would have said that with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, it needs to be normal, rational people look at this guy's season and go, oh, we don't need to worry about quarterback. This guy's legit. So if we have that, that's great. We got our quarterback. If we don't, I mean, sorry, I know you Justin. haven't. I know you haven't done your draft scouting yet, but just to paint a picture for what next year's draft class looks like, it is a fascinating one. You've got guys like C.J. Stroud from mm-hmm. Ohio State near the top there. You have Bryce Young near the top, even though he's short. I think people are going to still embrace Bryce Young. I, I, I think he might have people that want to drop him by draft time, but he's in the mix. They're, they're talking about the Senior Bowl watch list last year being like 10 deep and this year being 20, 20, 20 to 24 deep. There are quarterbacks around the nation 
who aren't necessarily great, but they could like they they've shown enough flashes that like somebody's going to have that Burrow breakout or Kyler Murray breakout or Trubisky breakout or whatever it is that the class could be really strong. Just don't let it be the guy that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. That's Levis. Yeah, yeah, from don't, Kentucky. I don't. I mean, look. Now, I, you know, I was right. talking to a, an agent friend recently who was very upset that Will Levis was not a part of Anthony Tresh's top ten returning quarterbacks in college football. Uh-huh. And I said, look, it's not PFF says it's Anthony Tresh's list. Yeah. However, also he puts the dude's mayonnaise. throwing mayo in his coffee, yeah. and it's like that's just it's a massive red flag. Will Levis, I mean, He's look, eating full bananas with the with the skin on yeah. and the whole thing. Look, I understand we all did stupid things when we were young. You know, kids are dumb. It's just the way of the world. And once you get older, you realize that. But there's no excuse for that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a character flaw. It's a problem. It, it, you know, it's an issue, and we can't just sweep that under the rug and be like, look, I understand he plays great football. We have to focus on the fact that the man is putting mayonnaise in coffee, and not you can't be, you can't allow that to slide. That's the way society falls to ruin. You can't no, 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 no. Yeah. So he can't be that guy. It's got to be somebody else. Anybody else? Yeah. Just, just not him. Bears will not be drafting Will Levis with not, Sam at the helm. Not here. as long as I'm in charge. All right. So that's your quarterback situation. You're. You're making you're making a, an assumption that Justin Fields won't do enough, it's but he like, could. It's like the it's a bit like what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, which is look, we're going to give you the opportunity. We don't necessarily have a tremendous amount of confidence that you're going to be a superstar, but we're going to give you the shot, and we're going mean, to build this, a team around you. That's the trouble, though. Jalen Hurts did just enough to to give mm-hmm. him a, to buy himself right. another year. And they, they've what? been in a good position to be able to sort of hedge and and roll with it for a little bit. But All my right, point on. being, it's. You're, you're hedging with Justin Fields. You're going to give him this year. It's a really terrible situation for the poor guy. And the chances are you've kind of set him up to fail. And if he fails, he's, he's been unfortunate and you move on because you're in a position to draft his successor. But if he shows you, you know, more than you expected, that's a great problem to have because all of a sudden he's your guy and you deploy the resources elsewhere. All right. So what else are you going to do here? So I think there's a few more spots where there's veteran talent, still on a decent chunk of money that we can get rid of that you know we don't need good players right now we really don't in fact good players hurt <laughs> when you're communicating this again this is between you and i we're not gonna email ownership. hey roquan's getting a little Correct. we're not gonna resign that guy this is know? not going out okay. to the public like that you know the, the unvarnished truth so first guy i'm getting rid of is robert quinn of course 14 million apy here out of here you know we're gonna get to the first couple of weeks of the season somebody's gonna have an injured pass rusher they're going to need a pass rusher. I got Robert Quinn sitting over here. All it's going to cost you is this contract. Like, let me just help you out with this. Look, it, it's Charles Snowden's time. Charles Snowden, <laughs> six foot seven, outside linebacker conversion coming out of Virginia. It's his time to shine on the edge. Robert Quinn, he's had his day in the sun. Hmm. You know, it's time to see what Charles Snowden has. I'm also fielding any and all phone calls for Roquan Smith to see what the market is, if it's robust enough. Sure. I'll take the deal. If it's not, I'm okay with his approach of I'm going to play out my contract and then, oh, by the way, you're getting franchise tagged. You know? Yeah. You're, not, you're not just going to leave at the end you're of the You're going to play it out. Well, I'm going to play it out. Right, too. exactly. Yeah. I have a franchise. I have an extra year here that you weren't considering when you were thinking about I'm going to play out my contract because I can add a year to your contract. So, you know, unlucky. So, but, you know, if somebody's out here saying, I'll give you a first round pick for Roquan, by all means, have at it. 
Uh, By the well, way, for perspective, you, when you're when you're looking at the Bears depth chart, they have three players making over 10 million APY. Just mm-hmm. three. The Titans have like 10 or 12. Right. I mean, there's other teams around the league where it's a ton. The Bears are already yeah. Oh, they've already pretty thin as far as the the cap. They mean, have already stripped this thing down. Right. That's why they have a hundred million salary cap space next yeah. year. Uh, so. I, look, my my problem with Roquan is not that I don't think he's a good player, even though his grading has been pretty weak. When you turn on the tape, you can see him. He looks like a good linebacker in terms of he reads it well. He actually ends up working his way through traffic reasonably well most of the time. Okay, a lot of the time he's getting sort of blocked backwards at the time, and it's a you know seven-yard gain as opposed to a two-yard gain. But he makes the play a lot of times. Um, now, he does get lost in coverage a little bit, but that's that's a... It's more a product of all linebackers rather than specifically Roquan Smith. Um, By the way, in my uh, defensive, my difficulty adjustment for linebackers, he does have a challenging role. Okay. Challenging zone-heavy yeah. role. Yeah, and my, my point being that that sort of issue with linebackers generally is simply why I don't want to give any off-the-ball linebacker a boatload of money. I just, it's just not the position, unless you have a guaranteed... Like absolute freak show of a superstar, I don't want to give that guy market leading money, particularly when my team is in this kind of state. Because okay, if I commit, let's say I make Roquan Smith the best paid linebacker in the NFL, which is what he wants to be. Okay, I hand this giant sum of money to him. The rest of the defense still stinks. What did I achieve with that? Like he's still going to get blown five yards off the ball every time because I can't protect him with the defensive line in front of him. He can't make the plays in coverage because he's in this really difficult role that I need him to be in because everything else is bad. So all I'm doing is massively increasing the amount of money I'm paying the guy who's not good enough to overcome the really difficult role that he's in right now. That doesn't help anybody except Roquan Smith's, you know, accountant. Like I'm not, I'm not doing any good for the team by giving him the contract that I, you could say he deserves or that Bears fans want him to have. This is one of those difficult decisions you have to make as a GM, and I'm going to say, you know, au revoir to you. Yeah, We're Roquan. just not ready. We're just not ready to put the icing on our defensive cake here. I mean, look, I'm not sure. Need in, a better foundation. Yeah, I'm not sure in today. Absolutely, but I'm not sure in today's NFL and today's climate period you're ever, you know, in a position where you want to hand that money to a linebacker. So anyway, I'm not doing it. Roquan can go if somebody's willing to give me a good draft pick fine if not I'll play him out on the sort of relatively modest sums of money and then then he can leave okay so so Roquan's gone yeah potentially we're getting rid of all those veteran pieces that are actually earning any kind of money and we're gonna have this bare bones thing we're gonna hope that some of the young players you know show up Darnell Mooney looks great still uh Vellis Jones Jr okay young, young might be pushing it with him but you know you get the idea Young experience-wise in the NFL? Exactly. Young and experience, not in age. Um, and then we're going to get a gauge on the offensive line. We've got a lot of these young guys this year. We're going to see how they play because if the team stinks, if we draft a quarterback at the top of next year's draft, that's where I want the money to go, first and foremost. is And not I don't mean that as in we're going to find the, like the three highest-paid free agents on the offensive line. I mean we're going to do what the Bengals did and go we're going to – bring in three four five guys for 10 million a pop and we're going to overhaul an offensive line and make sure the next guy doesn't get killed behind it yeah and there's there's going to be opportunities there there will be there's always opportunities to get to to creep back toward average in any given offseason if that's where you want to deploy your resources and given the bears uh cap space walt in the chat here thinks you can never be a gm he thinks you get all that cap space you got to pay roquan idiot yeah he didn't say idiot i added that myself but okay um but you're saying I'm deploying my resources on the offense. 
Yeah, like the whole point is in a couple of years' time, you anticipate not sucking. So if you get into a couple of years' time, yeah, you've got a ton of cap space right now, but you're going to spend a lot of it on, I'm going to overhaul an offensive line next season. I also, by the way, if I draft a quarterback and I overhaul the offensive line, if I'm looking to spend big somewhere, I'm looking for like the legit number one wide receiver that's on the market. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm spending $30 million a year. And all of a sudden, you know, if you come out of next offseason free agency and you have Darnell Mooney, who still looks good, but maybe, you know, questions about whether he can be a true number one. Velas Jones showed something as a rookie. Nobody else really stood up. But now you, you know, you bring in whoever the next, you know, $30 million wide receiver that became available is. That's the guy in your receiving core. And you draft someone at the top of the second round, say, all of a sudden that's a receiving core that looks legit behind your repaired offensive line and your quarterback that's ready to rock. Now we're getting somewhere. But you like you don't want the money tied up in Roquan, who's still at the head of a defense that isn't any good. That doesn't help. No, it doesn't help at all. So, <clears throat> so you can't be that specific. We don't know who exactly the free agents are going to be or who, who's going to be available, but you know where you want to deploy your resources. Yeah. Great. It's a good-looking squad you have here, hypothetically. Well, it's a terrible-looking squad right now, but, uh, you know, in the future. Do you have anything else you're going to do here? Well, I think that's a Bears? good. I think that's a good uh, starting point. So you're a big theme guy. Mm. So if I'm if I'm analyzing Sam the GM for the Chicago Bears, the theme is we're we're gutting it. Yep. And we are well. To be fair, starting that offense from scratch. Ryan Pohl's already done a pretty good job. Of He's gutting. gutted it. Right. We're continuing you're gonna, it. You're going to finish the gutting. Exactly. Um, the thing I mentioned about Ryan Pohl's too, right before he got there, they only had a handful of draft picks. He did a really nice job. I forget what they end up with. 9, 10, 11 picks, mm. whatever it was this year. I think you need a couple more years of that in now, Chicago. I will say, looking at next year's free agent group, you're not going to find the elite wide receiver out on the open market. You're going to have to trade for one if you want one. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah, I mean, th- this year we weren't expecting Tyree Kill or A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown or Devontae Adams to be moving teams. Well, Devontae was a free agent, but we weren't expecting him to get traded, essentially. Yeah. Um, so you just never know. You got to be ready. Yeah, and look, part of team building is being ready. It's not you don't put all your resources, you you don't you don't use all your resources because every now and again, like the Ravens a couple years ago, Calais Campbell's available for a fifth or what? You just yeah. you need to have, you need to be ready to get some star players when they become available. But if you draft, you know, a quarterback with the top pick you have in this draft, maybe next year's first goes on the number one wide receiver to come in and be that dominant playmaker. So you're going to trade Justin Fields, potentially, if he does not pan out. So you're not going to – in other words, if, if, we, if Justin Fields isn't the guy after year two, you're done. You're, you're in this mode of you get two years to show yourself, and we're moving on, basically. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I want to make it clear that this would absolutely be screwing Justin Fields. <laughs> My point being that this is a business, and me as the GM just can't care about that. You know what I mean? It would be really unfortunate for Justin Fields if he got the year that he had last season and then this year where the entire team has been disintegrated around him and that's your audition to play in the NFL. On the other hand, if you're in a position of the Bears and you stink this year, you end up, say, number one overall and you have your choice of quarterbacks, are you really in a position where you could turn it down because you have Justin Fields unless he's been insane? You you can't. You have to. Yeah, so... As unfortunate as that is for Justin Fields. Or you keep Fields. him in camp and see if he, see if he gets motivated. <laughs> keep them both. Keep both. Yeah, I mean, as unfortunate as that is for him, see ya. Sorry. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle. 
and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right, Manscaped would like to introduce to you their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet. It's the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF. I did use their uh, shampoo and conditioner the other day. You're right. Good, right? Good smell. Mm-hmm. Great. Smells great. Big fan. Big fan of the shampoo and conditioner by Manscaped here. Their brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. It's 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code PFF. It's time you enjoyed the finer things in life and get yourself a, a Platinum Package for your Platinum Package. Are you get the Bears done then? Yeah. So that's your hopeless team, quote-unquote hopeless team that we're providing hope for. And look, somebody's pointing out that, you know, people have done this before and it hasn't worked out. Yeah, it's not like a guarantee, you know? Just as people have drafted quarterbacks number one overall before and it hasn't worked out. Yeah, I mean, there's 32 teams in the NFL. One only gets – only one gets to win every year. Yeah, so just because you do it this way doesn't mean it will work out every single time. We have to get it right, but this is the way we're going to do it. Basically, almost every uh, non-have Tom Brady on your team strategy has failed in the NFL over the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, but you still have to keep trying. Uh-huh. At some point, Tom Brady won't be here. It doesn't mean it's not the right strategy. It just right. means, you know, it, hasn't, it didn't work out this time. So I'm going to try to help the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Okay. The, the hopeless. Now, we both took teams that just, you know, had a regime switch within the last couple of years. Uh, the Falcons did a lot of gutting for parts as well. Um, but in, much like the Bears have, you know, dead cap and in the whole thing. Um, so the Falcons have already kind of started this process they clearly have a type when it comes to the the big bodied receivers that they have um the falcons they have been just one of the most intriguing teams through the whole uh, thomas dimitrov era and how they you know they peaked with that super bowl in 2016 and then just have slowly had the roster fall apart so there's still a lot of work to be done here when it comes to their overpriced well not overpriced but their well-paid players you've got jake matthews at left tackle you have grady jarrett on the defensive line, you have Deion Jones at linebacker. Um, I, for me, I'm okay with two of those. Uh, I think Jake Matthews is solid at left tackle. He might not be worth $18.5 per year. But um, as, I was, as Tyron Smith went down, and I'm looking at available tackles, not even just left tackles. You're looking at just avail, like who are the tackles that you can trust around the league. It's not a lot. Yeah, there is not a lot of tackles available. So, with that said, Jake Matthews is he worth eighteen and a half? Probably not, but we'll keep him around. He's got five more years on his contract. Grady Jarrett, four more year, four more years on his. One of the better interior penetrators. Deion Jones is the question mark, right? He's a guy that has graded really well for us in coverage. Never really been great in the run game. He had a, he had a rough year last year by our numbers, and again in, in, a, in a zone heavy scheme. Kind of going by your theory here. You know, unless I know, unless I know that you're Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley or just have this, uh, you know, I think Shaquille, formerly Darius Leonard of the Colts, there's a few linebackers, Fred Warner maybe, that just have this level of consistency that you can trust and maybe you put some money behind. Because I think when you have that linebacker, your defense is better. You know, I'm just stating the obvious here. When you have a great linebacker, it helps your defense immensely. Because there are so many not-so-good linebackers around the league. I don't think Deion Jones is that guy, though. Well, certainly isn't anymore. Yeah. I mean, Deion Jones had a coverage grade of 91.1 in 2017. 
that was a great year and that was year two in the NFL for him and it was like wow this guy is on a path to be the next great coverage linebacker and admittedly we completely whiffed on him in the draft sure. completely missed my fault I'll take the blame yeah but then the next three years have been much more good not great so like, yeah. Oh, yeah this is fine and they've been getting progressively worse in terms of run blocking or run not run blocking run defense um, the coverage has stayed reasonably well. And then last season, everything was a train wreck. We had overall grade of 34, coverage grade of 33. Just disaster. Um, the good guy gave up a pass rating of 121 into his coverage last season. So right now you're saying, all right, the last time we saw him truly elite was 2017, which is, you know, very way away now. And last season was an absolute disaster show. So... At the very minimum, you can't possibly be confident that he's going to be an elite linebacker next year. So, yeah. So I'm having those same closed doors, uh, closed door discussions here, mm. Sam. Hey, you know, he might not win a ton of games here mm. in the NFC South this year. What they win seven games last year? Soft yeah. seven, soft seven, soft seven. Right? It was a soft seven. We have all this turnover. Marcus Mariota is a quarterback. Desmond Ritter gets drafted, and you know he's he's our backup right now. He's a rookie. We're not gonna, we might not win a whole lot of games. I'm looking at the NFC South, and I'm saying, okay, next year is probably the year to pounce. Tom Brady's going to either be you know, working for Fox or half-owning another team and playing for them. He's probably out of the division next year. Probably not with the Bucs. How do I get the Falcons as good as I can for 2023? So I think uh, I put in Deion Jones on the trading block. There will be people around the league that covet him, some more uh, competitive teams will covet Deion Jones. I would put him on the trading block. I'm looking at their draft picks in Atlanta for next year they have eight right now my goal would be to get to 12 um, i'm not really sure off the top of my head what their compensatory situation looks like but i want to get 12 to 14 picks hmm. this roster needs an influx of talent um we always we talk offensive line rebuilding so much here because half the league needs it right half the league really needs an overhaul the falcons are one of those teams you've got jake matthews you have chris lindstrom so we've got two fifths. Two fifths that feels good, you know, solid to good. Yep. The other three we got question marks. Caleb McGarry has not worked as a as a former first round right tackle. So I need three starters. I'm gonna be battling the Bears in free agency for the for the second tier of offensive linemen, guys who are solid, good, who I'm gonna get, you know, pay eight to twelve million for. So we're attacking the offensive line a lot the same way you are. We're, we're on the same show here. We have, the, we have the same strategy. So does that mean that your draft with the 12 to 14 picks, you're going to go you know, Car <clears throat> Carolina style, and it's almost all going to be defense? My goal is to go into the draft picking best player available, Sam. Hmm. I'm using my draft model. I'm only picking 80th percentile players in the model, <laughs> and I know what my hit rate is. I know what my success rate is when I do that. You're just going to everybody. What's that? You're just going to outdraft everybody. I'm going to outdraft everybody. That's I am. you're winning. I am. Okay. I've been preaching you can't do that, Yeah. I, I, but in, until Excel told me otherwise. Until the model came yeah. along and changed your life. Yep. Yeah. If you give me 14 draft picks, <laughs> if you give me 14 draft picks. I'll fight you four good players, maybe. I'm getting eight contributors out of 14. <laughs> I don't care where I draft them. Okay. Eight. So we're rebuilding through the draft. We're going to be winning the NFC South in 2023. Wow. Now I have no idea what I'm doing at quarterback because we haven't modeled that very well yet. Don't know what I'm doing at quarterback. But I'm like you. I mean, I think we're going to be in the top five to ten picks. And we're just we're grabbing a guy. Hopefully the right one. See who it is next year. Okay. So uh, I'm assuming Mariota is merely a bridge. Yeah. I'd, I would want to see what Desmond Ritter has at some point this season. Yeah. 
Yeah, which so far in preseason has looked pretty good. Some intriguing stuff from Desmond Ritter. Yeah. My feeling is I like Justin Fields better than Desmond Ritter right now. I'm sure most people do. Yeah. My feeling is the same that you would have with the Bears. I don't think I'm going to be hitching the wagon to Desmond Ritter, you know, unless he, yeah. unless it looks like, oh, the league just completely missed on him. He's a stud. Ritter is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how preseason, I think a lot of the time the takeaway in preseason is like, huh, he looks a lot like he did in college, you know? It's the same thing. Um, Ritter is that guy where you're watching him play in preseason, like 90% of everything he does is good. And not just sort of from a, you know, past standpoint, but technically, but like working through progressions, showing a good understanding of the offense, knowing where you're supposed to go with the ball. Everything is good. And then every now and again, there's just this one pass. We're like, oh, why? What, what happened? Yeah. Like, where did the glitch come from? What, like, where, where in the circuitry did it break down? And we got a short because that's different to everything else you do. And that happened all throughout his college tape where it's everything is good. And you're like, I... I'm buying into Desmond Ritter. I like this. I think he can be a good quarter. Oh, damn. Yeah. And that's the, and, and it was like every now and again, but just enough that you would be like, ah, I can't really go to bat for this guy now. It's that it's the whole consistency aspect of it. So, you know, if, if the Falcons aren't winning a ton of games, I'm probably going to get a look at, at Desmond Ritter and see what he can do. You know, just, and just see. But I'm assuming I'm in the quarterback market next year. I like some of the foundational pieces that they've added now at playmate well, with at receiver slash tight end with Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London. Uh, you know I'm going to get one of my speed receivers. Of you course. know I'm getting one of those four three guys well, to complement those. The great thing is they, they have Demir Bird, but I'll get a, a souped up Demir Bird. You know <laughs> the, the great thing about those guys is all the ones you like are almost always readily available in free agency come August. All right, we you need know? to. Someone, we have astute listeners here. Someone needs to list all the players that I said I would always sign, yeah. basically. Receiving John Ross, the same receiving core. Yeah, John Ross is getting invited to camp, regardless. Oh, I mean, if nothing else, think of the training camp speed you'll have. You know, John Ross. Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller still out there? He gives, you, gives your defense a good look. DJ Chark was a one-year deal in Detroit. Maybe he's around. Yeah. You know, We're bringing the speed to camp. You can just bring a whole collection of these four-three guys. And then cut them all once you get to the to cut down day. Now I don't think I've got the the same level of cap flexibility as you have, but you still got decent space. Yeah, you're not as you're not as good, but you're there. It, but I, I'd be looking that same wide receiver one strategy. Now I don't think the Vikings are just not going to pay Justin Jefferson or anything like that. But you, you just you got to be ready. You got to be ready for the market when when a guy's available. And but also, yeah, even I mean, if Drake London is really, really good, I want someone who's better than Drake London so that Drake London could be my two. I think that'd be awesome. Jefferson's a great example of how all of a sudden that could become avail- an availability that shouldn't be, you know? So yeah. let's say the next year progresses and for some reason the Vikings and Jefferson are miles apart in the contract and the Vikings just aren't going to go where he wants to go. All of a sudden, if you swoop in, you say, hey, I, uh, I hear negotiations aren't going well. How would a first-round draft pick look? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if because we're if willing I have to pay my, in that, and if I keep trading down and I get my twelve to fourteen, I can I can afford to lose that first rounder. <laughs> yeah, because you're Justin like because you know because we're willing to pay what what he wants. You know, if you don't want to do and you want to cash in instead, you know, one in the one in the hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, we'll give well or no two in the bush is worth one in the hand in this case. I'll exactly. give you know, then uh, then we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a deal. So it's like now it looks ridiculous because, of course, the Vikings are going to re-sign Justin Jefferson. He's going to be a cornerstone of that team long term. But yeah. it, this, is, this is how those things happen where all of a sudden Devontae Adams is available or all of a sudden Tyreek Hill's on the move. The contract negotiation breaks down. They're too far apart in money, and a team swoops in with the, the, the trade offer. 
you got to save your 15 million plus dollar contracts your 15 to 30 million dollar non-qb contracts for elite players preferably at elite positions so i'm saving that money for the receivers um maybe the right defensive lineman maybe the right edge defender we got to get the edge defender situation better defensively with the falcons i'm assuming the draft is a is a place we're going to look you know we're going to be shrewd there um and then aj terrell you know in the secondary casey hayward's only there for for a couple of years but we need to find another corner uh, really three corners but <laughs> not just one but you know volume at corner volume at receiver this will sound a lot like our fixing your fixing your team in five minutes episodes but i'm very specifically on the falcons right now i mean when you look at their defensive line like taquan uh taquan graham it really he had a nice game the other day the preseason he was one of those guys like whoa he just shed that block who's that guy who's 95 let me let me just and he looked really good he was at 47 grade last year and you know, we don't know what we're getting from graham who's listed as a starter marlon davidson anthony rush lorenzo carter this is your starting front seven for the falcons the whole thing needs an overhaul i loved uh, arnold ebicati in the in mm. the draft you know he's off to an okay start in preseason so i like some of the pieces they just need a lot of volume so volume drafting and spending my money on the offensive line playmaker draft a quarterback and go from there you might win too many games to draft a quarterback this year well remember i said the class is like gonna be offense. i think it might be good i know you do i i, I think Mariota's range of outcomes is going to be higher than people think yeah you know Mariota's that guy if, if you're just vertically listing the quarterbacks in the nfl he's probably 25th to 32nd right just in right now with all the starters hmm. but then you get some of the young guys don't exactly progress as you expected you get a couple injuries and before you know it mario is like qb 18 and if you have qb 18 in a given season you're winning a soft seven again <laughs> yeah it might, it might be an accidental seven and ten but i think there's depth in this class now okay. the other tricky thing is so you're gonna get the uh the mayonnaise guy yeah i might end up with mayonnaise yeah <laughs> might end up with mayonnaise with Will Levis. Uh, I don't want to draft somebody who's not in Tresh's top 10 college football right I, now. I, just, I don't want to draft the guy that puts mayo on his coffee or eats a banana without unpeeling it. Or frankly, I don't want... I mean, if I am GM, I, I don't even know... Would, would I bring him in for an interview? Well, you, no, you have to bring him on that. Yes, you have to bring him in for, for an interview because you need the explanation. Yeah. Now, look, I was like going to say... black coffee like a man, dude. Whew. <laughs> 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 um, what? Nothing, nothing. Don't go there. All you. Um, I was going to say Black coffee, that I would have real concerns about, you know, somebody that eats a banana without unpeeling it. But frankly, anyone that eats bananas is out of their mind anyway. That things are disgusting. I mean, you can have your own personal opinion on bananas. I, too, do not like <laughs> partaking in a straight banana if it's not in a smoothie. But you can't just dismiss any banana eater. I mean, I think about it. Look, But you can dismiss a banana peel eater. Y- who also puts mayo in his coffee. I think that's fair. Look, you've experienced in the past that there's there's a certain power that comes with being in charge, and you can do irrational things that don't always make sense, you know? And I would be considering saying if you... you think eat, Neil still watches us? I didn't, I didn't say about. Neil. It could be anybody. Um, and if you eat bananas, I, I have some questions about your character that I didn't have beforehand, you know? They're furry. What the hell is wrong with people? They're, like, they're furry. They are, yeah. It, they, it's like eating felt. Why would you do that to yourself? 
I mean, I wouldn't. I'd throw them in smoothies. <laughs> the flavor's fine. The texture's terrible. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I get it. See, you understand. This is yeah. why we do a podcast here. But if I was in charge, I wouldn't ban banita, banana eaters. You know, maybe our former boss would. Never know. I mean, I would have some questions. That's all I'm saying. crack down on sugar in the office. It's true. They've so got a lot be, of potassium in them. They're so probably going to be one of the stories in the going away party tonight. Who knows? We've got to remind them how it's after 6 p.m. Nobody's allowed to eat. Yeah. We'll just Train walk over and slap the food out of his hand. It's oh, after that's, six. What, that's what we need to do. Let's make... Let's make a uh, let's make a scene. Yeah. Tyler's Tonight. questioning me that, that a banana is furry. Yes, they are. They have a furry texture. It's revolting. It's like eating a thing of felt. It's bad. PFF founder Neil Hornsby has been uh, is moving on from his uh, role here at PFF. We're having a going away party for him tonight. Yeah, he's uh, he's an emotional guy. Sometimes he did have an emotional outburst at training camp a few years ago when leaving Buffalo camp. Yeah. Because he just wanted to get to Pittsburgh. Yeah. The man just wanted to be in Pittsburgh. By a certain time. Yes. Without telling anybody. I mean, look, you don't start PFF from the ground up unless you have some structure and some process, and that's what Neil has. By the way, that time was a completely arbitrary random time in the middle of the night. It's not like we needed to make it for five to, like, make check-in or whatever. It's just like, no, I've decided in my head we need to be there before midnight. It was strict in his head. (laughs) And when you and Gordon and Jack decided, we're hungry. We haven't eaten in seven hours. Yeah. I want some pizza. Things, uh, things kind of fell apart in the training camp tour 2016, didn't yeah. they? I mean, the thing that really sent him over the edge was when he saw the size of the slices of pizza some random place in the middle of nowhere supplied us with, which were legitimately credit card sized. And then you could just, <laughs> something just snapped. And he just, you know, well, lost the head. And I think the point of him snapping was that you shouldn't even eat after 6 p.m. anyway. It's not good for your body. Well, that was certainly a, a line that came up in the rant, yes. And here we are with a going away party for him with food and drink at 6 p.m. tonight. After 6. 7, I think, is when the food is going to start. Yeah. It's yeah. ironic, isn't it? It certainly is. It's like, you think, we- he's a, think he's a man of integrity, yeah. a man of his word. <laughs> and and his party, the food's getting there at 7 uh-huh. tonight. It's unbelievable. We don't have this kind of time today. Today of all days. We don't have time. To all right. I fixed Neil, the Falcons. I'm Neil sorry. Neil his eating habits. We got a hard out in 23 minutes. Yeah. Ish. So you should probably shut up about the random story of the training camp tour that happened five that. years ago. People wanted that. It's actually no. uh, six years ago now. Okay. All right. Falcons fixed. I did some stuff with the Falcons. How are you going to get the, uh, you got to do a purgatory team now. Yeah. So this is where, you know, cue the Vikings. But no, I'm not doing that. Washington. The Washington Commanders. Now, if we start with the premise that I can't change their name again, I'm stuck with the Commanders. Because frankly, that would be the first thing I'd do if I owned the team was, you know, well, let's, let's fix the mistakes that were made. We're no longer the commanders. We're the Sentinels, right? Sentinels, yeah. And we're going to, you know, the, the Ring of Honor where we retire the jerseys and stuff, we're going to put Footsteps Falco up there from Ohio State, from the Sugar Bowl way back when, you know, retire number 16. And that, that, would, be fixing the fir- that would be the first thing I did. I don't know if, you have, if the GM has the power. That's what I'm saying. That. that would be ownership. I can't do that as a GM. I'm stuck with it. So I got the commanders. I have to roll with that. Before you get into the commanders, get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And now everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. You get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and get $200 in free bets instantly 
when you place a $5 bet on any football game. It's code PFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line. Of course, that's 1-800-889-9789. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as $25 free bets. Eight of them. Do we not condense that down? I think we condensed it for the daily, but not for the big show here. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So... I just couldn't help myself with the Neil stuff. Like, I knew we were on a time crunch, and I just kept talking. You just kept going, and then yeah. you're bringing it back up again now, you know. Here I am. Really... I'm having a bad show. Yeah. Bad show <laughs> by me. Well, you know, yesterday you said you have a habit of saying the wrong thing and, you know, talking too much. That's what's happening oh, right that here. got us legit access at uh, Bengals true. It Rams did. practice. It also We invited... were basically in the huddle. I'm going to be in the huddle this afternoon at practice. Yeah. You watch. Okay. Go ahead. First thing we're doing, we're getting rid of Carson Wentz. Sorry. Wow. I mean, look. Nobody believes that's going to work out. Even Carson Wentz doesn't believe that's going to work out. He knows. You can see it in his eyes. You know, when the guy, you see that, it was what was termed an unprofessional interview of a guy sort of sitting down with Carson Wentz. He's like, so, two teams now have wanted rid of you, you know? He basically gave him, they were, they were saying. Welcome to team number three. There were some blunt truths thrown towards Carson Wentz in an interview that many people deemed was quite unprofessional and probably straight over the line. But you could kind of see it in Wentz's eyes that he knew, you know. There was no, like, let me, let me disagree with the premise of your question here. It was like, <laughs> you know, he knew. That's all I'm saying. So Wentz doesn't believe this is going to work out. Nobody does. It was just like, this is what we had. This was the only option left over to us. So we're going to grab Carson Wentz. No, no, no. You got to be, you got to do something better than that. So we're getting rid of Carson. I guess it depends this year. I don't think we're going to lose enough games to be in the position that the the hopeless teams were of drafting a quarterback at the very top. So if we want one of those, we're going to have to go insane with a trade to get up there to grab one. Or we're going to have to draft the quarterback just lower down the first round. You know, one of those 10 returning guys that might work out. Or we're going to have to be aggressive and go after something special in in trade terms. Um, I'm trying to think of who those quarterbacks might be. I I don't think you're going to have... Which, the... The veterans or the yeah like russell so russell wilson and deshaun watson just both got traded this offseason mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers' rumors could be any you know year to year so it could be rogers is there anyone else lamar jackson you just be ready for lamar if if things fall through in baltimore i don't think that's it that's a realistic possibility i mean the obvious veteran quarterback that will be available after the season and may have enhanced his position is baker mayfield right now, again, that kind of seems to fit, fall almost into the same category as Carson Wentz in terms of... I could see you sucker, be, getting, being a sucker for Baker one more year. Yeah, but again, it's like, I the, don't... That's the not, second he like has a pinky injury, you're like, oh, you got to throw this year out. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like it's achieving what you needed to achieve, you know? The whole point about fixing a team in purgatory is getting somewhere other than purgatory. Baker feels like he might maybe, trap you in purgatory. Maybe again. you trade with the Bears for Justin Fields. Again, I'm not sure that's... You just got rid of. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So I, I don't think Baker's doing what you needed to do. Um, in terms of a veteran that you might be able to prize loose of somebody with an outrageous trade offer, again, I'm not seeing too many of those options out there. Like, I'm sure that Lions would happily give you Jared Goff, but for a reason. Um, there's a lot of teams with young quarterbacks that would be, uh, that they're still sort of tied to. There's a lot of teams with veterans that have just been extended 
or young quarterbacks that they're completely attached to. So I'm not sure I see the team that you would be able to trade with that would give you a quarterback that can go somewhere other than where you already are. Unless you can convince Tom Brady, you know, hey, Tom, how about working some magic over in Washington? Yeah. Just give us two, yeah. two years of your life here. Tom. Yeah. And the nation's it, it just doesn't feel, it feels like Brady's done, you know? At 45, he's walking away at the peak of his powers with another Super Bowl and MVP under his belt, and he's out of here. Um, I mean, the Vikings maybe would be willing to part with Kirk Cousins, but again, that sort of feels like, yeah, it's the high end of purgatory, but we're still trapped here kind of thing. So I think if you want a new direction, you got to go through the draft. Um, and for Washington, it might be worth, like this is, a, this is still a, not a bad roster. You look at what they have, particularly if... Jahan Dotson pans out this year at receiver. All of a sudden, you've got McLaren locked up long-term. You've got Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel maybe sort of playing his way out of here with how little he's been able to stay on the field. But you have weapons. Um, Brian Robinson maybe ends up emerging as a really good running back. That offensive line is still in very good shape despite Brandon Sheriff moving on. The defensive front is still nasty, even though the depth has been eroded again. So there's, there's talent on this team to the point where you may be able to sacrifice some draft capital and go after it. It's, you know, maybe you don't have a good enough or as, as good a roster as Denver did when they went crazy for Russell Wilson, but you're in a pretty good shape. Maybe you can throw a giant trade package at somebody to move up into the top five and grab your favorite quarterback. Oh, isn't it such an uncomfortable thing? I mean, you can be the smartest team in the world at every position in building your team. But it's still such an advantage to have the quarterback. Yeah. If you don't have him, it's just this great unknown. You know, is it the draft? Am I going to be able to trade for somebody? And they've been, the Washington's been in these, I mean, they just traded for Carson Wentz because they were in a worse, I mean, they're in a better situation now than they were after trading for the guy that you want to get rid of. And this is the great problem with being a team that is trapped in purgatory is that in order to get out, you have to do something radical, which will either go extremely well or go extremely badly and there's not you know it's it's not a guarantee which way it's going to go but you can't if you keep spinning your wheels stuck in the mud you're going to end up stuck in the mud there's the only way to get out of it is to do something dramatically different and that's why i've had concerns or questions about what the vikings are doing this offseason but it's also why washington you can't keep going from carson wentz or you know ryan fitzpatrick to taylor heineke to carson wentz to baker mayfield if we're going to do that that's not going to work you need to do something way outside of that realm of of war, of quarterbacks you need to go after something fundamentally different which in their case given what we just went through in terms of veterans has to be the draft uh, or the rest of the team just has to be that much better which is i i mean i'm coming to the conclusion that that is not a realistic plan is to like just assemble one of the greatest rosters in nfl history and then it doesn't matter who the quarterback is Maybe you can luck into that because everyone look. It's kind of like what the Niners are doing, right? Like when they've had their, the last two years, they've had their starter Jimmy G. They've been in the NFC Championship, they've been in the Super Bowl, and it's not that they've built a super roster, but they've got this cheat code of a play caller who always elevates things, and they have a good roster because Jimmy G is not better than QB fifteen right now. He was the thirteenth best quarterback by our grades the year they went to the Super Bowl. So they're kind of, kind of doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, everybody is trying to assemble a great roster. It's not like, you know, there are teams out there going, oh, we've got a good quarterback to hell with the roster now. Forget it. We're, we're there. Everybody's trying to make the best roster they can. So it's not a plan. 
Yeah, it's like you with their, you know, what's the blueprint? It's, it's not a plan to just go, well, we're just going to build a great roster because we, we can because we don't have a great quarterback. Like, no, that's just... It doesn't make it any easier. That's just the situation you're in. You're just behind the eight ball relative to everybody else trying to do the same thing. So I don't think you can look at this and say, well, we'll just make sure the rest of the team is so damn good that Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield or whoever it is is good enough to carry us where we need to go. You need to just assume that you're going to be more or less where you are. You try to do the best you can with the rest of the roster, but you need to go somewhere different to where you've been going a quarterback. So what is your roster looking like now? I mean, my roster is looking broadly similar because I'm going to trade the farm for somebody in the top five. Because when you think, so Washington have been in this position for a while, and we thought they might do this when they drafted Dwayne Haskins. And at the time, we actually applauded the discipline to sit where they were and not go after a guy like that, you know, and sit, you know, what are they, 15, 17, something like that when they drafted him. But they had the sort of the discipline to sit there, not overdraft him, wait for him to slide to them, got him great pickup he didn't work out now I think you're in this situation where you've been treading water at quarterback for so long that you have to go for that aggressive move and I think unlike the Dwayne Haskins year this actually looks like a pretty good year to, to do that in terms of quarterback talent so you can maybe zoom in or zone uh, hone in on the guy you like identify your target and just and go get him all right Washington fixed you I traded the farm for a new quarterback. Yeah. And that did it. Now I'm happy, I think, more or less. The rest of the roster is looking good. It's going to be tough to maintain them, though. It is. With the whole um, defensive line and the whole thing. Yeah, and Washington don't have a lot of cap space at all next year. So that's another element in terms of, you know, how you're going to get the quarterback is they don't have necessarily the ability to go do something crazy for veterans. They need to you need to focus on the draft all right so you're getting a quarterback in the draft yeah. trusting the rest of your roster basically trusting the roster you know tinkering around the edges where i can obviously i i'm one an upgrade at number two corner um william jackson i mean honestly number one corner as well like hopefully william jackson has a better season this year and we can at least rely on one starter but they definitely need a second corner um but overall i you know, Jamin Davis maybe takes a, a big jump in year two. If he doesn't, the linebacker core is a problem as well. But generally, I think this roster is good enough if they have a quarterback that's capable of going somewhere, and they just don't right now. All right, the team I was thinking about is, you know, purgatory team. I don't know if this counts or not, but I was I was looking at the Patriots mm. because I the Patriots, aren't, look, they're not the best team in their division, right? They're chasing the Buffalo Bills. So... Just like the Commanders, they're not the best team in their division. They're not in complete re- rebuild mode. They, they have to do something maybe drastic. I'm wondering if the New England Patriots have to do something a little bit more drastic. The, the, the Bills probably aren't going anywhere, right? They've created such a good foundation, head coach, general manager, quarterback, offense, defense. You know Josh Allen's there forever. You're chasing the Buffalo Bills. And... Can you do that with can you can you compete with Mac Jones as your quarterback in New England and maybe doing things the same way you always did? Right? Mac Jones, of course, he's always going to be compared to Tom Brady. Are there elements of Mac Jones game that are Tom Brady esque? Yeah, sure. But I I mean Tom Brady's the biggest cheat code in NFL history. Like you're not going to you're not going to get to that point. You can't just build the team, I don't think, the same exact way you did with Tom Brady because 
you could miss on draft picks, you could miss on players, and, and essentially you, they were in the AFC Championship every single year. But I always bring up the times when it was a little bit easier for the Patriots to win a Super Bowl. It wasn't when they had top five defenses and this and that. And in the last 15 years, it's when Brady had better guys to throw to, or more realistically, when he didn't have the worst group to throw to. So I know this sounds redundant to like every other team building effort, but if I'm New England, I, I'm going all out at receiver and tight end. I'm going all out there. I don't want to build a, a run first team. I need to do whatever I can to make Mac Jones look good, to, to, to get his, to get pass game production to be maximized. So what does that look like? Because the free agent group at receiver next year is not good. They, add, they spend a ton of money on both. You know, tight ends made Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith the joint third best paid tight end in the NFL. Uh, a year ago, they spent a bit of money on receiver. They drafted, uh, you know, a receiver relatively high for them. Um, and yet the receiving core still looks not amazing. So what's the plan here? Yeah, so again, we're a year out. We don't know what's going to happen. So you, it's tough to be specific. But I think a, a lot of the top receivers are already on the move or getting older. So I'm looking at, like, uh, say, a Mike Evans. Mike Evans is in Tampa Bay. He's going to get paid at some point. Or is Tampa Bay going to say, look, Tom Brady might have one more year. We're going to make more run, one more run at it. The Bucks are kind of all in, in in the way they're attacking this season, and rightfully so. Is Mike Evans going to be available at some point? Are the Bucks going to take a step back and say they want Mike Evans? Like they want him around, you know, they want to remain good. Can you trade for a guy like that? Could you trade for a DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the year? Is that too risky because he's going to be, you know, a year older or whatever? So I'm just I'm looking around the league. Not that those teams want to give up those receivers, but once again, cap space is decent in New England. But you, I think you have to be ready to make those moves. Adding Devonte Parker this year for. A fraction of the cost of a guy like uh, Christian Kirk is a good move, right? Again, I like Devontae Parker. I want Devontae Parker to be my two. I like Jacoby Myers. I want him to go from a two to a three. I like Tyquan Thornton now, I think, as a, as a deep threat. I want him to be my deep threat. And if he develops be to be better, then great. That's what the Bills did with Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis was a number four receiving deep threat. And then it was like, all right, he's getting better. He's getting better. He's better than that now. Now he has a better role right that's what you could do with Tyquan Thornton what if you threw Mike Evans on top of that Aguilar can be gone at the end of this year what if you have a Mike Evans say if he's available I just I want to be aggressive in the newly minted massive wide receiver market I, I want to be aggressive there it can't be yeah we'll stitch it together at receiver because that's what Tom Brady did in the early 2000s that's what he did in 2018 when they won a Super Bowl because there were years where they were weak at that position and you know, you can you can get past the AFC Championship. That probably fixes the offense. You know, if you have that group and you add a legit number one to it, that has that sort of transformative effect that we've talked about with a bunch of different teams. They're really good in the backfield. You know, Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, they've got talent there. Um, the offensive line should be strong again. I know they've got some questions this year in terms of uh, personnel turnover. They traded away Shaq Mason. Michael Owenu, I think, has a chance to come in and just not there be any kind of downslide there, you know, maintain the same sort of level if he plays the way he's played so far in his career. Cole Strange, their first-round rookie, is the question mark, but he's, he might be a decent player despite the overdrafting. We'll see. But anyway, that offensive line is probably going to be pretty good. 
how are you fixing the defense? Because that's kind of a mess. Yeah, defense doesn't look great. And it, it's certainly not built the way... Look, there was a point in Bill Belichick's career, 2012-ish, where they just started playing aggressive man coverage. And they always had a guy. They always had a keep to leave and Darrell Revis and Stephon Gilmore and all these guys that rotated through. So now you don't have playmakers in the secondary. I wonder if... Do I have Belichick? I mean, I'm, I'm now taking over as Belichick GM, right? Mm. So is he still my coach? <laughs> I, I Sure. It's up to you. All right, so, it's your decision. <laughs> so Bob Kraft comes in. He's like, Steve. Let's assume Bill's okay with it. You're shopping for the groceries now. Yeah. Bill's simply the chef. He, he wasn't okay with it, you know, 25 years ago when he signed yeah. on. But now Bill's he's cool. getting a little bit older. He can't handle all this yeah. right now. He'll just coach the team. And I'm like, Bill, we got we to gotta get with the times here. We're, we're going we're going staley we're going to gap and a half it up to, you know on, on the defensive line none of this two gap stuff we're going to lose a half gap <laughs> we're going to go down to one and a half gaps up front none of this man coverage stuff you're trotting out there the last 10 years we'll mix it in but a little bit more too high shell a little bit more quarters you hate quarters that's barely even in your playbook bill but we're playing cover four we're playing cover six we're doing a lot of two four six type of stuff Right, we're going to mix it up because that's also how you beat Josh Allen. Right, you want, the same way you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, you want to do that same thing with Josh Allen. Avoid the big plays, make him be patient, make him have fifteen play drives. Not that they can't do that, but you just rather them do that. Right. So I, I'm, I'm going to talk Bill into changing his scheme a little bit. Then you don't have to rely on your corners as much. Right. Then you can. Yeah. Then that strategy of, you know, no weaknesses on the defense. You know, not stars and scrubs, but just you know mid-tier type of players i think that plays better in that type of defense yeah i mean that i think that type of scheme is where the league is going right now but that still leaves you with just the underlying problem of the talent isn't there and we're gonna have to draft better <laughs> we're just gonna have to dra- i'm gonna give me 12 to 15 draft picks in my draft model and we'll get some corners in there and we'll so, get some safeties and we'll get some better plays devin mccordy's getting old and so yeah. the solution to this essentially is you removing bill belichick from his role as personnel man and being better that's what you're yeah. selling me on here yeah that's right yeah no, I mean, deploying resources in different places. I mean, too. as much as there's been friction between Belichick and Kraft, that feels like a tough sell if you're the owner. This will be great. This will be great. <laughs> but I'll get them. I'm a, I tie people together. Yeah. You know? Mr. Kraft. Yeah. Let me tell you the problem here. Yeah. Listen. It's that guy. What you need to do is you need Bill Belichick, the GM, mm-hmm. to give up his GM hat and just worry about Bill Belichick, the coach. I mean, maybe... And I'm, I'm listen, I'm Bill Belichick's forgotten more about football than I even know, so I get it. <laughs> I'm just... We're having fun here and playing around with... All I'm saying is, I feel like the Patriots, in their current situation, especially with their first contract quarterback like Mac Jones and with a Josh Allen in their division, has to be aggressive to make that offense as good as possible. I mean, I'll, I'll, And then maybe I'd take a look at offensive coordinator. We'll see what happens this year. Wow. The bottom line is, once you, once you hit Mr. Kraft with the PowerPoint presentation of the model, I mean, that'll make his mind up for him, you know? I think so, too. So, look, look you, you throw up a couple of slides of, you know, Nikhil Harry, and then it's like, <laughs> look, I mean, the man's made some mistakes, and the model, the model hasn't. And then I come back with, look, if you drafted with my model, yeah, maybe you would have drafted Gary Jennings, a fourth rounder, in the first round out of West Virginia. Maybe you would have missed on him. But look at these other picks you would have had to offset that. I really liked Gary Jennings. I know. (laughs) The model did, too. Why isn't he good? He just got released again the other day. Damn it, Gary. I'm like, man, maybe maybe he'll be like a seventh-year wonder. Why isn't he good? 
He should have been. I got to go back to the film. Yeah. In the model and figure out. Figure out where the model. What happened here? Where did we go wrong? Damn it, Gary. But even in the draft that he had, I was like, I still got like six starters in my my fake draft. Yeah, we'll maybe leave Gary out of it, but show him the other guys. Leave Gary, but I'll be like, like, the other players you could have. Do you want to kill Harry or do you want Chris Godwin? Who do you want? Mm -hmm. The model's going to point you in the right direction. Yes. So, Mr. Kraft, yeah, stick with me. Yeah. Make you a star. Also, you know, given the reports of the tension, he's just looking for a reason to go in that direction, you yeah. know? Once you show him the model, that's decision made. But then what if he gives me the job? And he's like, well, my GM coaches too. That's what he does. Then I'm the coach too. I mean, then you're going to need some strong assistance. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm going to try to call some plays for the Rams here. I'm going to try to... You hire Zach. I would, I would hire Zach. There's my head coach. I've no, been on, my offensive... I'm the head coach. I would, hire def- I would hire Zach on the defensive side of the ball. As the I've said defensive side yes. of the ball. I want offensive coaches coaching defense. I want defensive coaches coaching <laughs> offense. That's right. Don't you think it's just like, aren't they just cross-comparable? Like, aren't they just applicable to either? Like, McDaniels was saying this the other day, that, that basically trying to explain what the Patriots mess right now at offensive coordinator. And he was like, oh, I had a, you know, a couple of years where I was on the defensive side, and then I went back and I was coach, I was, often, I was quarterback's coach or offensive coordinator or whatever. Like, isn't it just the thing of football is football and you can flip whatever side you want? It is. It is funny how that happens, though. Like, uh, by the way, I'm not you sure. you hear, like, this, like, Zach used to coach receivers. It's like, that guy was a quarterback. How could he coach yeah. receivers? It's like, he's a, he's a football coach. But I do think that is more applicable just in terms of, like, big picture coordinators than it is, like, I, I do think there's probably something, like, you don't want your quarterback coaching the D-line, you know? I probably would not. say. Probably not. Like as great as we think Zach is as a coach, and maybe he could play off. He could be offensive coordinator or defense coordinator. I don't want him being my D line coach. Yeah, but what would Jim Harb? Like I feel like Jim Harbaugh might have some insight. You know, D line. I don't know. He's been around long enough. You know, I mean, I'm sure they know things. Yeah. I'm just I I do think there's something to like position coaches having some specific knowledge, but I but I don't. I don't think the idea is well. This is an offensive mind, therefore he's he's irrelevant for defense like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think if you does, have a good if football That does mind, happen, though. Like you're like, yeah. oh, this guy played that position. How could he know this yeah. other thing? I do think if, if he's a good football mind, he's equally applicable to either side of the ball. I just don't know that that extends all the way to specific positions. Yeah, no, I get it. Anyway, I, um, I just I wanted to make the point. I think the, the Patriots have, have to be aggressive offensively. They do have some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. I am interested to see what they do schematically but they've they've got a system they've got a style they've got guys like jelani tavai who has not played well anywhere with uh, with the lions you know but they they got him and they're gonna plug him into their system and we'll we'll see this defense could take a big step back from where they've been previously yeah so they we would need some work there and i would just i'm doing i'm doing everything i can to make mac jones look good well yeah the only problem is that you're gonna get like a season of mac jones before you do anything <laughs> he might have already convinced you he's amazing or no good by the time you get anywhere near the thing yeah i mean if if he is a kirk cousins Derek carr type you know how would i build around kirk cousins with a justin jefferson who he has and then three other dudes right what would i do with a Derek carr i would trade for a Devonte adams and you know say look put up sick numbers and hopefully you know lead to some some wins what else can you do but put them into like you can't ask them to elevate uh, the rest of your roster. You have to give them the highest value positions to succeed. So we're starting at receiver, and that's what we're doing. And I think this is—I think that's applicable 
almost regardless of how good the quarterback is. As much as great quarterbacks can elevate everybody. Yeah, you play. want this for Rodgers, Brady, Brees. Yeah. You want this for all those guys, of course. As much as great quarterbacks do elevate the play of everybody around them, you still want that guy having as many weapons as humanly possible because that's how you get to absurd, unstoppable levels of their play. Yeah, I mean, anything else is actively handicapping your quarterback, and that's not good. I guess the, the better way of putting that maybe is that nothing enhances the overall team more than giving your quarterback the ability to be the best player he can be. Certainly not. Like, that is more valuable to your team's chance of winning than giving your good quarterback or your very good quarterback, like, a better defense. No, yeah. like, lean into the thing that's great. Like, make the quarterback as good as he can be and stitch it together on defense. Absolutely. Got to score points. Got to score points in today's NFL. That was a fun show. I like doing that. You know, yeah. It's off-season-y type of show, even though we're sitting in the preseason. So we're here in preseason week three, or four. Three? Three, yeah, three plus all count. But it's the last one. It's yeah. the last preseason the week. Last one. Um, I like this, right? We finished the preseason this weekend, and then we got like a couple weeks off. It's not that, you know, 10 days or whatever. You got a couple weeks to get ready for the regular season. It's going to get crazy with uh, cuts, maybe some last-minute trades, various things. So we'll be, we'll be following all of that Monday, Thursday, next week. Um, I think we have to have the betting show, our you know, accept our bets. Let's say next Thursday, that makes sense. We could have Renner on the show at some point too. Yes, Renner has a new podcast coming out that we're we're going to push when we have him on the show. Talk about it. Yeah, we're going to promote it, it to all of you so yeah. that you know about it. Renner, right? so that's how you do things. You bring late, Renner on here to talk about it so that you know about it. At a loose end with the late Austin Gale having moved on. Not to like, you know, death, but I mean, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not. One have you heard from him recently? Yeah. Yesterday. I heard a rumor that Austin was going to be in town. We should get an interview with him or something. He's going to be going. He's, yeah, he's, at the he's party. coming to the party. Huh. That's great. Did we fly him in? I don't know. Did we expense that? Does I he still know. live here? For me. I'm Did you talk up. to him? Yeah. Is he still alive? Yes. You said rest in peace. I didn't say rest in peace. He's not now. You said RIP. Maybe at one point. Yeah, so Renner's got a new show. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Cool. We out? Yeah, we out. Tweet. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you Monday. See ya.